Welcome to the Empire Builders Podcast, teaching business owners the not-so-secret techniques that took famous businesses from mom-and-pop to major brands. Stephen Semple is a marketing consultant, story collector, and storyteller. I'm Stephen's sidekick and business partner, Dave Young. Before we get into today's episode, a word from our sponsor, which is, well, it's us. But we're highlighting ads we've written and produced for our clients. So here's one of those. I'm Mark Tapper. I work at Tapper's Jewelry. Did my first shift when I was 10, sweeping. That was my skill set. I wasn't excited about extending my career at Tapper's, so Dad went his way, I went mine. He made the plans to expand Tapper's in Detroit, I went to college in Boston. And I learned that happiness comes from what you work for, not what you're given. And there's something quite satisfying about a well-swept floor. So I worked, I traveled, I married the love of my life, and somehow found my way back home. Dad's story became part of mine after all, and now our story crosses paths with yours. I want you to follow your dreams wherever they lead you, and I want you to marry the love of your life, and I'll show you how we can help. I get to sit in the big chair now, but as my wife will tell you, I can still push a broom with the best of them. It goes around, it comes around, and when you need us, we'll be around. Tappers, tell us your story. I'm Mark Tapper. I work at Tapper's Jewelry, the store with the cleanest floors in Metro Detroit. Stephen, we're going to take a trip south to the Banana Republic. Banana Republic. Yeah, you know, we're going to go back to before Banana Republic was owned by The Gap. So in 83. Yeah, I was going to say back when back when they had really wacky stores in the malls that had like fiberglass Jeeps out in front. And uh, I remember those stores. I thought they were so cool. They were cool. But and, and, you know, the thing is, when a company like The Gap comes along and says, here's a check we want to buy you. You've done well. But it was founded by a couple, uh, Mel and Patrick uh, Ziegler, in, in 1978. And they were not fashionistas. They did not come with a clothing background. Uh, they weren't marketers. In, in fact, they were, they were journalists. And they were journalists who, who liked to travel and, and wanted to make more money. And Mel basically had returned from Australia and he had found these these clothes that he liked the looks of, you know, cargo pants and shirts with lots of pockets and and all this all this other stuff. And he thought it was pretty cool. And fortunately, it was in the 1970s when fashion sense was like, great. <laughs> <laughs> but they had $1,500. That was their entire life savings. So they took their entire life savings. They went down to an army surplus store, bought up a pile of this crap for a couple of bucks, each and decided they were going to go to the flea market and they're going to sell it for five bucks. So they bought things for a couple. Maybe bucks. double their money. Maybe double their money. So off they go to the flea market. Didn't sell. Mm. So now they're sitting there going, "Wait a minute. We 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 just spent we just spent our our life savings on it and we took it to a flea market and it wouldn't sell." So they decided that they were going to give another stab at it. So they repackaged it. They decided to rename the stuff. They repackaged it Safari Clothing. So they were actually the ones who created this idea of safari clothing. You know, they changed some of the buttons and put some patches on it and gave it a little bit more of a safari change to it. But let me ask you this, Dave. You're you're selling stuff at a flea market. Mm -hmm. Couldn't sell it for $5. What do you think most people would do with the price? Well, most people would lower the price because they they figured nobody wanted it at that price. Right, because also people shopping at a flea market are what? Thrifty. Right, they're bargain hunters. They're cheap. Let's put it right out there. They're cheap. You don't go to a flea market looking for a Rolex. You go to a flea market looking for a cheap ass watch, right? Right. They doubled the price. So I said, no, no, we're selling this for 10 bucks. We're going to sell this for 10 bucks. 
sold out. It's the power of a story, isn't it? Power of the story, but and the story is one word: safari. Safari clothing, ten dollars sold out, and then lo and behold, you know they started in '78 and '83. They're now getting the big check from the Gap, saying, "Here you go." Stay tuned. We're going to wrap up this story and tell you how to apply this lesson to your business right after this. Brought to you by the Least Full of Shit Marketers Association of America. Yes, that's a low bar, but we clear it mightily. We're also the largest pay-per-performance branding group in North America, and that part's for reals. If you're looking for advertising advice geared towards local owner-operated companies, this is your podcast. And now you can pick the brains of these advertising geniuses over lunch without having to pay for lunch or even leave your office. We're talking 90 minutes of straight answers to all your burning questions about lead generation, customer acquisition, mass media branding, how to get off the paper crack treadmill, anything you want. And the only coin required is candor. Because we can't give no bullshit advice without basing it off no BS data on your company, competitive landscape, operations, and all that jazz. We send you a pre-Zoom questionnaire. You fill it out candidly and boom. Bob's your uncle, you're in like Flynn, and we'll be frank as fuck in giving you the straight scoop on all the advertising and business growth questions you always wanted to know, but were too afraid to ask. You'll also get our no pitching and no bitching guarantee. No pitching means we won't pitch you or try to sell you in any way. If you want more after 90 minutes, you'll have to ask. And no bitching means if you don't think the meeting was worth your 90 minutes, we'll send you a hundred bucks. Consider it us picking up the tab for lunch and putting our money where our mouth is. Sound like a not-so-full-of-shit offer? Well, that is what we're known for. Take us up on it at empirebuildersprogram.com. Let's pick up our story where we left off, and trust me, you haven't missed a thing. They're now getting the big check from the gap, saying, here you go. It's amazing. I said that was five years. Like, it took them, like, like basically in five years, they, they, they grew, like, it was so successful, and it grew so quickly, along came the gap saying, we, we want your story. The nugget that launched that into a major brand big enough for the gap to buy happened fairly quickly. And that brand is still around, but it's nothing like it was in the early 80s. Not at all. No, they've right. lost it. They, they've definitely lost their way. The stores are not funky. There's, look, Gap is struggling. It's it's a Gap with a, with a different label on it. That's Yeah, it's a Gap with a different label on it. Uh, but for the longest time, Banana Republic was the most successful part of the Gap, the Gap brains. But the message here is there's two elements to this. And, and element number one is, is the story and the repackaging, making it interesting. But don't be afraid to increase your prices. It, it's amazing. And we'll go through other stories in the future where one of the success factors was, frankly, charging a higher price. Mm -hmm. Charging a higher price made it feel more special. Calling it safari clothing made it feel more special. The thing is, when you when you call it safari clothing, all of a sudden the expected price goes up. Right. Right. Oh, this isn't surplus army clothing. This right. is safari clothing. And I probably spend thirty bucks somewhere else for safari clothing, so yeah. ten bucks deal at a at a free market, right? Yeah, exactly. Raising your price is a it can be a really good business strategy. But you have to you have to wrap some elements into it to to justify it and make it make that perceived price go up. 
because yeah. that's that's really the the trick, right? Just doubling the price, I don't think would have done it. No, it was the combination of the two. But I'm also going to say that I don't. I think even if they had just done the repackaging without increasing the price, I don't think it would have done it either. I actually think it was the combination of the two. You know, in a very short period of time, they became very wealthy and suddenly had the money to do what it is that they wanted to do, which was travel the world. Yeah, awesome story. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please share us, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and leave us a big, fat, juicy five-star rating and review at Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like to schedule your own 90-minute Empire Building session, you can do it at empirebuildingprogram.com. Empire Building Program.